0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Canisius College Frozen Podcast. Today is April 8th, 2020. My name is Vinny Cristiano. I'm back, not really in studio with Jay Ashdown, but we're going to talk about some college hockey regardless. We are going to talk about how the season unfortunately ended pretty short, and we are going to transition from that into looking straight into next season and talking about some of the prospects that Canisius is going to have coming in in the fall when we hopefully cross our fingers return to school so for the next episode of the canisius college frozen podcast let's make it happen
1: I'm doing. <laughs> I'm doing all right. How are you doing, Vinny? I I, uh,
0: I suppose I, it could be worse. So, you are at home. Yes. And I am at home. Yeah. And we are doing this over FaceTime slash a phone call right now. Yeah. And it's. I, I've never done anything like this before. Have you ever done anything like I, this before? I
1: have never done anything like this before in my life. It's a very, very interesting experience. It's kind of exciting, but I, I would much rather be in Buffalo right now uh, enjoying some pizza, but, you know, we'll, we'll save that for another day. And that's not even this podcast specifically that I'm referring to. Yeah,
0: you're, you're absolutely right. Duke did get out of giving getting a pizza <laughs> yeah. with the pizza. Po- yeah. The, sorry, the Over the Bores podcast. We'll get into that with him another time. Um, But I would much rather be be home, you know, today's Wednesday at 7 o'clock. I should be at the fire hall right now doing drill. Um, I mean, we could be watching hockey games. We, you know, could be looking forward to baseball as it just probably would have gotten started. Um, Opening day was, what, last week technically?
1: Yeah, and and today would have been the uh, start of the Stanley Cup playoffs.
0: Yeah, I. It's it's heartbreaking to see, but it is a pretty unprecedented situation we have going on here. Um, anybody know? Anybody who is alive, except for maybe like a baby, um, <laughs> knows what's going on.
1: Right. So that's not something
0: we really have to blame. It's obviously more difficult. Like for me personally, living in Buffalo, the the reasons that I would not go to school or not go to work, like, is because of snowstorm. So it's really hard when it's, like, 55 degrees and sunny yeah. on, like, a random Thursday to have to, like, really tell myself, no, there's no reason for you to just be like, hey, I'm going to, like, go play street hockey with a bunch of people. Right. Yeah, I could theoretically do it by myself, but um, just really, really tough, like, mentally to, to um, comprehend. But everybody is, and hopefully everybody can continue to as we... Uh, trying to get over the hump of this thing. So, um, the NCAA released a statement back in March, uh, canceling all spring sports seasons and championships. They originally had postponed them and they have later pretty much just canceled them. That included the current winter sports seasons, which was Mar- the March Madness Tournament and then, by default, all the other championships for the winter sports, which included the Atlantic Hockey Tournament and then therefore the Frozen Four. So, Kneisha's um, season did end; they were
1: eliminated. <laughs> they, they ended at least on their own terms. I mean, I guess they yes. could look back at that and be somewhat happy about it, but it, it sucks for everybody else. It, it really, it really stinks because uh, w- we got the chance to to watch the series between Holy Cross and uh, Robert Morris, and <laughs> Justin Campbellmaster was absolutely excellent in, in all three games. Yeah. And he he tweeted when it happened. "Quote unquote," didn't think this was how my college career was going to end, and and it sucks because right. he plays excellent. They move on, and then that's it.
0: Yeah, I, I we we we've said on the podcast that we recorded. So all right, so we record. We normally we used to record this podcast on Mondays at about four o'clock. Yeah, and we recorded with Scooz that Monday, and I said. <laughs> They're. I uh, talking about Bentley. I said they're guaranteed to at least play two more games.
1: <laughs> yeah. Then exactly. on
0: Friday of that week, we found out that everything was canceled.
1: <laughs> so they weren't guaranteed so two they games. Weren't
0: getting two more games.
1: It, is, an all cool. timer by you I, I gotta say that that's an all time freezing cold take
0: that is a really freezing cold <laughs> take I'm glad that nobody knows who I am so that they can't call me out on it but, right um, if I make it someday somewhere maybe that twitter uh, twitter profile will go back and find that and they'll they'll post it and, oh I'll uh,
1: submit it you know, in but,
0: oh I, thank you I, I mean hey I'll take uh, what's the saying uh, any press is good press, all press <laughs> yeah is good press.
1: yeah I don't necessarily Uh, agree with that statement, but
0: (laughs) no, not at all, not at all. But you know what I'm saying. All right. Right. So, um, right now, essentially, we are looking towards pretty much everything is looking towards next season um, in terms of hockey. Now, there's there's talk about the NHL um, kind of trying to resume, get into some playoffs. The regular season is pretty much. um, Would you say it's pretty much? It's done.
1: It's done. If they decide to return, they're just going to expand the playoffs.
0: So, um, in terms of college hockey, though it's we, it's done, we're moving on to next year. Unfortunately, for the winter athletes, nobody's going to get any eligibility back, so nobody's really going to get a shot to win the twenty twenty frozen you know Frozen Four. Um, but the spring athletes are going to get a year of eligibility back,
1: which is nice. So, but what,
0: very good for them, and I'm glad because they barely the softball team that I was running by for the Griffin. They did their regular season had they wouldn't have started for like two weeks. I, you know, you don't even get a chance to do anything at that point.
1: Right, exactly. So many different what? sports had to go through that, and, and it's really tough just thinking about like. I mean, we talked about Capital Master, but another right. quote I have here is from Sean Cameron of RIT, and right. he's he uh, RIT tweeted this on April third. The sudden end to our season was frustrating, disappointing, and saddening. We had a special group of guys this year. We worked hard and put in extra time to bond as a family. We were as tight as it gets. We were ready to make history. We obviously keep our situation in perspective. The world's in a very tough place right now. However, we put so much time and effort into this sport, it almost becomes our whole life. I'll never have the chance to suit up with my brothers in the Policini Center again or feel the chills when the corner crew gets so loud we can barely hear ourselves think. It's too soon to look back on what we could have accomplished because emotions are still very high, but I'm proud of this group of guys, and legacy that we've left behind. Speaking for every senior, I know we have zero regrets because we gave it our all every single day. I want to thank my family, teammates, coaches, fans, support staff, the pep band, the corner crew, and everyone that has helped me become the hockey player and man I am today. RIT has changed my life for the better. I would stay another four years if I could. Go Tigers.
0: Yeah, that's 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 very well said.
1: Yeah, very well spoken from Sean Cameron, and it put everything's just kind of put into perspective because it really sucks for everybody, especially the seniors though, because your right. see, your not just your seat, your career ends in a way that you you never could have expected it to, and, and it really sucks for you know. Fan, fans of Sacred Heart, man. I mean, yeah. th- that that team had so many seniors on it. I mean, we, we talked about how what were like five of the top twelve scores in Atlantic Hockey were from Sacred Heart. That it, it's right. a program that's n- never been an elite program in the Atlantic Hockey Conference. They've never even won a title before for the Atlantic Hockey Conference. They're they're prepared to make a run this year, give right. AIC a run for their money. And they don't even get that chance. And now they're going to return next year. And so many of these top guys that helped make them so good this year aren't even going to be there.
0: Right, exactly. I. The, for any team, this is tough. But for Sacred Heart this year especially, a lot of people thought that they were poised to do great things. Right, And they didn't even get a chance to like play in a real
1: playoff game. Yeah, they didn't play a single playoff game, which sucks. Like, like at least like AIC, it sucks for them too because you know they had won the conference the year prior, they won the regular season the year prior, they won it this year. So that's a team that legitimately can look at themselves and be like, well, dang, I mean, we we were probably gonna win that thing, and we would have had a chance to have gone to uh, the the. The Sweet 16 to, to try and see what we can do in the NCAA tournament, um, but but they at least can rely like look back and say, well, we went last year, you know, we upset Saint Cloud Sedate. you know, we won the conference. They can at least rest on that. Sacred Heart doesn't have like any of that hole filled.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I don't know the ins and outs of some of these teams, but I'm sure that there were some players in some of these teams. You know, not just in Atlantic Hockey, but across the conference, that maybe we're going for for records for for their programs, you know, scoring records, or 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 minutes, or, or something, or game, you know, consecutive games played, or something, and they're not going to get the chance to go and finish those because of this.
1: Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, so we we saw uh, one of the better players in the conference, Jason Cotton, who actually just signed a contract uh, with the Carolina Hurricanes because his brother, uh, David Cotton, from I I think Boston College, was a draft pick of them in 2015. They signed uh, NHL contracts on the same day. He became the first player in the history of Sacred Hearts program to sign a National Hockey League contract.
0: Yeah, and good for him. Congratulations. Well earned. He had an amazing season.
1: Yeah, he's, he's, he's an awesome player, so right. uh, best of oh, luck to him. It. But, I mean, it, it just kind of shows. Like, this is a really special player who could have done some great things in the playoffs, and unfortunately for him, he didn't even get the chance.
0: Right. Now, in terms of NHL contracts, I know he had a couple players across the, the conference itself sign ECHL contracts, um, but is he the only one that signed an AHL or an NHL contract? He he was. So far? He was. Okay. Um, speaking of contracts like that, to just double back to Canisius, Matt Steve signed with the Idaho Steelheads. Um, that was one thing that uh, that had happened. Um, Matt Hoover signed with the Utah Grizzlies, and uh, as did uh, Nick Hutchinson signed with the Adirondack Thunder. Um, three of the uh, Notable Canisius signings from the uh, the end of the season there, right? Um, and three of the more notable players that were, were were seniors for the most part.
1: I mean, um, yeah, those those are your top guys, right there. At the all right. the top three in, in scoring, and uh, you know, the Hutchison was your your number one center, who big body, very talented. Hoover was your captain, and Steve was running your power play. So that the, those are. Yeah huge, huge losses for this team.
0: Right. Now, another loss that is possible but not confirmed, uh, Daniel Arbani, when I talked to him writing about him uh, back in the fall, he mentioned that he does have another year of eligibility left because of his injury last year. Right. Um, in terms of, um, you know, he probably wouldn't see a lot of playing time next year anyhow, as we're going to see a pretty a pretty. I would say consistent barring an injury one two punch of Jacob Barshevsky and Matt Ladd um what do you do you have I don't really want to do you think that he stays does this in this situation now uh, do you think that changes that at all
1: Yeah I mean you never want to speculate on what's going to happen with him but I mean it, at the end of the day it he played four games right And, you know, looking back on it, I mean, this is a guy who his freshman year was started five games. So so got limited action, but but played pretty well. And then his sophomore year started 33 games, had a 274 uh, goals against average and a 918 save percentage. He was put on the Richter award watch list like, hey, look, this this guy's good. He could be a legitimate contender to win top goalie of the year, uh, especially for the Atlanta hockey. And then he has this awful situation. Where yeah, it was
0: robbed from him essentially. It, it was I absolutely
1: robbed from something him.
0: Something completely out of his control, and, and a medical thing that was terrible. And, and especially, he's a great guy. I mean, yeah,
1: he's a great guy. And so and,
0: and, it's really tough to 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 see that happen to anybody, especially someone who's coming off a great year and then making their name in the in the in the league, in the conference, in, the, in on the team. I mean, people knew who he was.
1: Yeah. And and the other thing that really sucked is because it, that was the year that you know Kanishus' window was like, hey, I mean, if you're gonna win the your your second ever Atlanta Hockey title, first since 2013, I mean, it, it was gonna that be was, that year that because, because year. you had McLaughlin, Hoover, Hutchison. Yeah, uh, I mean, your top four defensemen are all seniors. You had Jacob yeah. and Heath. And uh, Edmondson, Mazza, so many talented players. And the number one problem with the team that year was goaltending. Uh, do you think Daniel Urbani, if he doesn't have that injury, makes a difference? Uh, yeah, oh, he absolutely. makes a major difference on that. Well, and, and I mean,
0: part of the reason, though, the problem was injuries. I mean, goaltending injuries playing the
1: team that year. And not other injuries as well. But I mean, if you have him that entire season, it's a completely different season. And yeah. it just sucks because it's a terrible situation that plagues an awesome person and awesome goalies really career he comes back and he, to be honest man he just didn't look like the same guy and this team couldn't afford to really screw around with starting a million goalies uh you know i don't i don't think they really had any interest in starting Tup, tucker Wetner in any games Or urbani was underperforming lad was mm-hmm. underperforming but uh jacob barshevsky man was was excellent yeah, so he stood
0: up to the test
1: and, and I think that they're comfortable moving forward with Barshewski as the starting goaltender, and I think they're okay mm-hmm. with uh, forcing Matt Ladd and Tucker Webner to say, hey, one of you is going to get the backup job battle for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. they've, they've got three goalies that they can rely on. and I just don't see Urbani being a part of that picture. So I don't know what his intentions are as far as does he transfer. I don't know who's really in the market for a goalie. I know Mercyhurst just got a, a goalie from uh, Bemidji State. Uh so, and I don't even know if he would have wanted to have transferred in conference. right. Could he stick around one more year? He could, but I, I th- and we don't want to speculate, but I do believe it probably would be in his best interest to just go somewhere else where he would have a shot at, at starting games.
0: I think any athlete wants to play, you want an opportunity to show what you have. Um, and playing time is something that if there's an opportunity for it, maybe he'll go out and, and get it. Um, this, essentially, in, in just in terms of how seasons ended for some of these teams, you know, I, with Canisius' season having ended, um, and my pro, I'm not sure if it's really changed his decision too much, but um, some of these other teams, you know, maybe guys who had another year and were thinking of leaving or staying, you know, I don't know how the math is going to work out, but as you said, not a good idea really to really speculate, but just something that I wondered about is, is this again this whole uh virus thing is affecting everybody and anybody so uh just interesting to think of 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 things like that as we don't have any active sports to to talk
1: about right it 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 really really sucks man i mean i've been i've been you know i'm a huge survivor fan but i've been watching like an absurd amount of survivor lately because it's like the closest thing to sports that i have uh so
0: (laughs) yeah just watching i've been uh i've been uh getting into iRacing racing. Um, so, like esports has now just kind of been because video games are like you know, you, in terms of competition, that's that's really the only option you have right now. Is, is you have board games, you have video games, um, <laughs> right? So, uh, but i racing has been being broadcast on the normal like NASCAR channels, uh, and I'm a big auto racing fan. So I got all the stuff to do that because being an actual race car driver would be nice to practice, and then it also just like a ton of fun. Um, so that's something that I'm doing to get myself, uh, kind of get my mind off of things and then maintain that competition aspect that everybody loses because of, of all virus.
1: Yeah. It's this whole thing, man, it it just sucks.
0: Yeah.
1: It's sucking the life out of everything. (laughs)
0: it really is um and it's just it's nice to just again to talk to somebody I I haven't seen you since that Thursday that we left school it was just kind of like
1: right when like, I, oh, I told yeah. you basically that I wasn't gonna see you until August because I knew that this was gonna go this way
0: right exactly so um so it was uh so, and that's tough I mean we were I was looking forward to recording so many more of these podcasts I mean one of my favorite things with editing these and, and getting them up and, and talking about them but and it just it's just it was heartbreaking. So,
1: right. Even though you take forever uh, to edit them and post them, you know, I, I know you enjoy like, it. I
0: had a lot of other people <laughs> going on and now I have nothing going on. It's like, geez, I wish I could edit
1: podcasts. Um, <laughs> well, now I'm giving you one that you can, uh, that you can edit. So.
0: Perfect. So, I'm, I'm such right. a nice guy. Yeah, you're, you're a gem. All right. So um, now, again, as we transition into looking towards next year, a lot of guys have already committed to their school's. For the 2020-2021 season um, and uh, for the Atlantic Hockey Conference, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Um, I feel like I'm missing a team in here, but. Oh, yeah, Mercyhurst. Where'd they go? <laughs> <have no> <laughs> what the heck Did I just <laughs>
1: not write that? I love it. You just didn't even write down Mercyhurst. <laughs>
0: I have Anthony Bentley, Canisius, Holy Cross, Niagara, Robert Morris, RIT, Sacred Air Force, and Army. Yeah, I guess I totally <laughs> forgot. So,
1: all right. Yeah, no, that's that's 10 right One, there. You are missing Mercyhurst. Five, six, There's no doubt about seven, that.
0: Eight, nine, ten. There's yeah. 11 teams right, in the conference, well, yeah. Let me uh, <laughs> add them to the doc real
1: quick there. I mean, to be fair, um, they were not really a part of the conference last year. <laughs>
0: no that was a tough year for them but essentially what, so I'm looking at my list right now of uh, of commits for school according to collegehockeyinc.com mm-hmm. and um, so obviously we have 11 schools I didn't add up how many players have committed to the entire program or sorry yeah the entire conference AIC has 12 commits Bentley has 17 that is the most no oh, second most in the conference tied right. for second I should say Canisius has 9, Holy Cross has 13, Niagara has 9, Robert Morris and Mercyhurst both have 10. RIT has 8, which is the lowest. The least, yeah. Sacred Sacred Heart has 13, Air Force has 26. And Army has 17.
1: Yeah, and it, it should be noted that it makes sense to Air Force and Army at their top because you've got so many uh, people who are interested in just uh, going to Air Force or Army to begin with. And, you know, yeah. they want to join the hockey team for sure, and they're, they're going to do everything to get on the team. But yeah. uh, it, it's easier for those two programs since they're part of the Armed Forces to get those kind of uh, numbers up.
0: Yes, yeah, I noticed that. Um now, but Bentley does also have 17. Yeah. Um, which is another pretty high
1: number. So It is a very high number, but I mean, Ryan Soderquist is a pretty good recruiter, so I'm not totally shocked at that. Um, the number that kind of shocked me just a little bit was RIT at eight. Like, I know that they're a younger team, uh, so a lot of those guys are going to be returning, but I still, I, I just thought that that was a little bit low for uh, what I'm accustomed to with RIT getting.
0: Right. And then one of the programs that. Like in tr- When you talk about college hockey, if you, you ask a person who is somewhat familiar with college hockey and you ask them something like, name college hockey teams, RIT is probably going to be the first Atlantic hockey team that they name unless they live in one of the cities with a college
1: yeah, hockey team. Yeah, it would be RIT or Air Force.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Because, I mean, those are probably your, the, the most uh, prestigious programs in this conference.
0: Right, exactly. So, um, but either way, um, so that's what we're looking at for commits for each uh, each team. And we don't have a ton of time today, even though we have nothing but time. There are, we have tried to plan things to get through the day, I should say. So we're going to talk about when we meet again over the next, you know, span of time. Again, I didn't even I couldn't remember that it was Wednesday today. We'll talk about commits to the other schools, but um, we yeah. wanted to get into the actual commits to Kanishas and kind of talk about them a little bit first here. So um, we had it looks like um, two defensemen.
1: Yeah, two defensemen. And then
0: seven forwards.
1: Yeah, only uh, one of them's like a official f- uh, center, I believe, or no two. Two. Uh Nick Nick yeah, Abbott yeah, and Maxim up, Kuznetsov. Abbott,
0: yeah, and then McDermott, McDougall are listed as right wingers, and then Hard is a left winger, and then Zilish and Vertanen are both forward, listed as forwards. Yeah. Um. But essentially, yeah. So uh, the first, uh, I, I this is just kind of a list. This is from uh, CollegeHockeyInc.com. This is just a list that they had in this order. So uh, I don't know if this is a list of commit date or what it is, but uh, Connor Zilish. From the Topeka Pilots of the NAHL, he was a forward. Jackson Decker, left defenseman from the Chippewa Steel, also for the North American Hockey League. Cooper Har, left wing from the Aberdeen Wings, North American Hockey League again. Uh, Jamie Vertanen, I think is how you say that. It is. Uh, forward from Asat Puri Jr., uh, Finland's Jr. A. Maxime Kuznetsov, uh, center from the Johnstown Tomahawks of the North American Hockey League. Jack Lyon, left defenseman from the Oakville Blades of the Ontario Junior Hockey League. Also from the Ontario Junior Hockey League, Alton McDermott, a right winger, from um, also on the Oakville Blades. Did I say that, or did I just say he was also from the Ontario Junior Hockey League?
1: I'll be honest. I kind of zoned out a little bit.
0: <laughs> okay, that's fair enough. They are team. They were uh, teammates on the Oakville Blades. Now they are going to be teammates on the Canisius College Golden Griffins. Uh, Christian McDougall is the next commit, a right winger from the Coquethlum Express of the BCHL. Um, and Nick Abbott, a center of the Brantford Junior 99ers. Yeah, I know you're Brant
1: a big Ontario. Brantford guy, so I'm uh a
0: huge Ontario guy. Listen to the uh, Over the Boys podcast if you want to know why I'm such a big Brantford Ontario guy.
1: I awesome. S- yeah, I, I still <laughs> still can't believe that. <laughs>
0: Look, I I thought it was like close to Buffalo, so it'd be somewhat relevant. I don't know. I don't know what people have heard in passing. I, it, was it helpful? No. Was it funny? You guys laughed.
1: It, it was, was hysterical. Terrible. It was not helpful at all for anybody. And uh, it, you you said that your main reason is because it came out with something for the NHL on Twitter, and Duke wasn't even on Twitter, which was even funnier. Yeah.
0: Yes, that's true. I've seen on my preface was like I've seen on Twitter and also on, like, YouTube, like, uh, just pictures of, like, the top guys from each of these hockey towns or whatever, and he was from the Bradford, Ontario one, but it is what it is.
1: All right, so which player do we want to get into first?
0: Um, Well, I mean, we could do it in order, but we don't really have to. I think one of the more... I guess more and more exciting prospects that we're looking at is Maxime Krasnetsov yeah I agree
1: agree with that I I really like this kid a lot
0: so um, we well why don't we start with him he is a center um, so in terms of how he fits into the lineup, we will certainly find out.
1: Right, will we badly need center depth, and, and right. I think he's a guy that's going to develop into, uh, n- not for, like, this upcoming season. This upcoming season is freshman year. I think he can probably be on the third line, which would, which would be a really big help. Uh, I think he can develop into a number one center.
0: And, and that would certainly be the hope. Uh, you would love to see somebody um, like a, you know, a, a a uh, name brand you know uh, i you can say franchise guy in
1: college but really <laughs> you look for. right yeah because well, this, this is a guy that uh last year with with johnstown had 49 points in 45 games and uh yeah. he, had, he had 34 assists so this guy can absolutely dish the puck and, and he's no yeah. joke shooting it either uh so that, that that gets me very very excited about his his production um and just from some of the videos that I was able to see, he's a little bit he's not I wouldn't say a tiny guy. He's a little bit on the smaller side. He's five eleven, uh, one seventy four. Uh, but he, he's very, very skilled and, and he's a good skater.
0: Yeah. Um if you if you watch him play, it's he's a it's clear, it's clear that he is one of the better players out there when he's when he's playing. Um, he, it looks like he did play at least, uh, looks like three games in 2018,
1: 19. Yeah.
0: With, uh, actually, I guess maybe not. I thought one of the guys we also got was from Amarillo, but it, it turns out maybe I'm wrong. Um, Amarillo Bulls. I guess I just misread that. But anyway, um, yeah, he had the year before even, so you mentioned last year. He played in 45 games uh, and had 49 points. The year before that, for the Connecticut Junior Rangers of the NCDC, he played 43 games and had 28 points, uh, 11 goals, and 17 assists. So
1: he also had uh, 11 points in seven playoff games for them, too.
0: Yes, and that's more of the that's more impressive, I think, than. That's what you are looking for, especially some, if somebody can improve when you get to that first round of the Atlantic Hockey playoffs, because you're guaranteed to you get a playoff game. Right. So that's that's nice. Hopefully, he could be a playoff, a good playoff player.
1: The other f- uh, funny stat is from 2016, to 2017. He played for a Team comp passed, uh 16 under 22 games. He had 38 points, and then he played for Eastern Regional High, had 56 points in 16 games. Yes. <laughs> That is pretty good. <laughs> he had thirty-six goals in sixteen games. Oh my god. Oh yeah, I'm, yeah. yeah I'm excited for this kid. This kid's gonna. This kid's gonna be very good.
0: Yeah. The year before that, he had
1: forty-six points in twelve games. <laughs> he had thirty-one goals in twelve games. These these, oh, are, like these stats are stupid. Yeah, he's he's
0: he's he's good. I'm excited to see this kid play. And when I say kid, I do mean kid because he is younger than me.
1: Yeah, he yeah, we are older than him, which actually makes me kinda sad. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel makes like really, really sad. I feel like such a loser right now.
0: <laughs> I think about that a lot. Um like just like I watched some of my friends that I, I played with, like, play for like like D three for like John Carroll, and now that we're gonna be juniors next year I see all these guys come in and they're younger. Like you know, in the NHL draft, like some
1: eighteen-year-olds gonna get drafted. It. Yeah, like, it's God. I feel like such on. a right. <laughs> he, like a, he
0: just made more money than I have in my entire life. Yeah. <laughs> Second of his name being announced on live television.
1: Uh, yeah, it's uh, well, I don't know. I mean, when I win Survivor and win a million dollars, I I think I might have the edge on some of these guys for a little bit. But that's
0: true. But but until then.
1: Until then, I'm just, I'm just kind of a, a loser. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> another guy that I, I'm very, very excited for, uh, just because he's a bigger body and, and seems like a very skilled player, is Cooper Har. Cooper Har is 6'3", 205. Uh, got a pretty big frame on him. And yeah,
0: he's that's solid.
1: And, and last year he had forty points in thirty six games for the Aberdeen Wings and yeah, the North American Hockey League.
0: Yeah, he um has always been a at least what, what seemed like an above average uh point getter. Yeah. He did have a little bit in the USHL in 2018-19. He had only 17 points in 62 games played. But every year, but the two years prior to that in the North American Hockey League, he had over 30 points in both of his seasons. One season he had 33 points in 60 games played, and then before that he had 36 points in only 53 games played. So, um, so both really solid. been consistently pretty solid in the point department. Right. Um, and it does not look like he takes a ton of penalties either, which is always a good thing.
1: Yeah. And and, and the other thing, though, is like just, just the big body, the big frame. I mean, uh, obviously he's not going to replace the production that Nick Hutchison has, but you do need some of these bigger guys right. up front on your forward lines, and that's going to be some yeah. size that this team uh, is is losing in Hutchison. They're gaining that in Cooper Har, because they're, like, very similar in build. Oh, yeah, it looks it. So, uh, should we move on to our next Expanding. guy? You there, ready? Uh
0: You cut out a little bit there, Jay, but yes, we can move
1: on to the next guy. Awesome. We, we can just cut that part out, yeah, which is a yeah, nice and, thing. Um,
0: <laughs> they, were cut, they were cut down a little
1: bit, so, but yes, we can move on to the next guy. Awesome. Um, who do you want to move on to? Vincent. Um.
0: Well, why don't we let's let's take a look here. I mean, we can really go on to anybody. Uh, I, I um, think uh, talk about Cooper Har. Why don't we talk about one of our defensemen? Um. Yeah. Right, let's. Uh, why don't we go to both of our guys in the Oakville Blades? We'll talk about Jack Lyons.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, Jack Lyons is a very very interesting defenseman. Uh. From. What what I've gathered about him, uh, he's he's six foot one, two oh five, so that's a pretty decent decent frame. Uh, and last year he had forty two points in forty eight games for Oakville, and the year prior to that he had thirty points in fifty two games. So this is a guy, uh, not not a not a ton in the goal department, but I mean this is a puck moving defenseman that you can rely on.
0: Yeah, um it seems like he's been again, that's that's a that's points as a defenseman is good. Um y- you also look at he hasn't had a ton of playoff experience. Um he had three he had he's had four assists in um in the o- o- uh for Oakville at least, four assists in thirteen games played in the playoffs, but um played pretty well overall on puck moving is good to get the puck out of the zone when you need it. Hopefully some of these forwards then um, if he gets to play with um, some other guys that can score, that'll be definitely a deadly combo.
1: The the one concern I do have about him though, is he does seem to take a little bit of a, he does seem to take a lot of penalties.
0: Yeah. Um, hopefully that's something that, uh, that the team can ha- kind of handle there. Of course. It's yeah, um,
1: co- It's, I think that's coachable.
0: Yes, a- absolutely. It is. And I'm hoping that um, if that does seem to be the case, uh, our penalty kill can improve a little bit next year. Cause they struggled uh, slightly, uh, right. As the are kind of kind of traversed there for Acacias, but um, now in terms of his teammate here, uh, also from the Oakville Blades, uh, Alton McDermott, he uh, was God. He's I'm uh, over a year older than he is, which makes me <laughs> really sad.
1: Right now he's uh, one of the few right hand shot guys that we were able to snag in this upcoming. Uh, Class, and he's five 5'10", 170, had 37 points in 41 games for Oakville last year and 36 points in 52 games uh, the year before. Also chipped in 8 points in 18 games in the playoffs in the 2018-19 season.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those are pretty good numbers, and always having a right shot is going to be important because a lot of the guys that we have been bringing in are all lefties, Um and it seems like at 5, 10, 178, he's a little shorter, um, but he's got a little bit more uh, weight on him than, or sorry, 5'10", 170. So he's uh, he's going to be a little smaller, it seems like, in terms of the build goes.
1: Right, but he's a very speedy guy. So that's that. Yeah. speed and skill is going to help out this team.
0: And speed and skill is the way the game's going. I mean, college hockey. Absolutely is really physical, but speed and skill, speed kills, as they say. So um, never going to say that that's not important, and it's always going to work.
1: Another So another guy that I'm very, very interested in, and, and this is a little bit harder for us to talk about because I don't know exactly, uh, I don't have as much information on this kind of a transfer, but uh, Jamie Vertanen is coming over from Finland. So that's going to be a very, very interesting transition for him. Uh, I'd imagine that that's yeah. a guy that Martin Hlinko is probably going after because uh, he's... Uh, from finland as well uh hopefully right. th- they, i mean they brought him in because they think well first of all i mean they, they think he's a good coach for, for one it, it, he is but another thing that they wanted to do with him is they wanted to say hey we need to try and see if we can get any kids uh overseas to come here because the, there yeah. were no kids i mean it's mainly canada and uh, the states on, on yeah. this team so getting a guy very skilled and jamie Virtanen to come over from finland that's a big deal for this team
0: yeah it really is and again that's going to be really interesting to see how he adapts to the north american style of game i'm i'm excited to have somebody not from canada or america on the team here i think it's going to be really fun to watch him and maybe he can be kind of a um not like a, a wild card necessarily but um somebody that kind of like a um I forget but what's the phrase that I'm looking for, like a dark horse. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be uh, that'll be interesting to watch him. And again, it's tough, like being in Finland. It's tough to compare, like how the the play happens. But hockey is pretty much hockey for the most part. He had 48 points in 51 games last year,
1: which is and, good.
0: Yeah, um, and the year before that, he split time between the U18 and U20 team, um, picking up what looked like 27 points in 52 games. So, uh, not as good there, but last year he had a phenomenal year. Right, but that
1: just shows the development that he he went through. Right. And he was he was the captain last year for that team.
0: Yes, he was. He was an assistant on the UAT team the U18 team 2 years before that as well.
1: Right. So, that that's another good thing is is this guy is obviously someone that people look up to as a leader.
0: Yeah. Uh, and <clears throat> that's a phenomenal quality to have. Coming over, that'll that'll that hopefully that ability to lead will help him adapt to this game as as he knows kind of what, what needs to happen, how people are going to help him out in that way. Right. Yeah, and hopefully he'll get make that transition easier for himself. I'm excited to meet him. That'll be cool.
1: So another guy uh, that was has committed to Canisius. A very small frame, five foot seven, one seventy, is Nick Abbott. Uh, his offensive production, uh, definitely doesn't jump out at all, but he is a faster player. Uh, and it seems like he's a very good penalty killer.
0: Yeah. And that'll be something that if he's, we, I hope they went over that after for that reason, because if he's good at it, that'll help us out a lot. We're going to need people, um, that can do that.
1: For sure. I mean, when you last two years, we've lost uh, Matt McLeod and Casey Jerry. So, yeah. I mean, anytime you can get as many good penalty killers uh, as possible, that's always uh, a big help to have. And, right. you know, you'd love to go out and get a bunch of Jamie Vertanens and Max Kuznetsov's if you can. But, I mean, if your team's loaded with that, I mean, you need someone to play on the fourth line. You need someone to right. uh, chip in on the penalty kill. So it's not a, a sexy commit, but I think that this is a, is a good one for Canisius
0: yeah i I'm um he, you know he could if, I'm, I think of small players on on Kinesiceius right now and um, and the first one that jumps out at me um, is Mitchell Martin yeah. but he's he's a little he's not necessarily as short and skinny um, as Nick Abbott is.
1: And he's done a pretty good job in in, uh, developing his game. Uh, He was very, very raw his freshman year, but I thought around the end of last year, Martin was starting to step up offensively and and chip in a little bit in all aspects of the game.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, so Abbott hopefully will add to that penalty kill and volunteer since coach Daniel Paye Is he back for another year?
1: I'm not totally sure, but I would expect him to be back.
0: Well, hopefully they can take some more steps on the PK and uh, become a little more effective in that area.
1: So um, another guy that whose offensive production doesn't really jump out, but could definitely be a good depth player for this team, uh, Christian McDougal. Last year had 10 points in 42 games uh, in the BCHL. He's six feet tall. He's 174, so kind of an interesting frame. He's not he, he's not a smaller kid, but. Uh, is a little bit on the skinnier side. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, did you uh <laughs> did you say anything or did you stop?
1: No, I just stopped. <laughs>
0: okay, cuz I thought like it cut out and I was like, "Oh boy, this is going to get good." All right. No. Um, no. But yeah, so now he did have um he did have uh in 2017-18 he did have ten points in four playoff games, which is pretty good. But that was for Saint Andrews College, so uh, that's a little bit different. Um, but again, not a, not necessarily a point guy.
1: So, right. But yeah, it's, it's just another one of those depth guys that's gonna be important. So uh, my and, and
0: there's no nothing wrong with depth. Injuries usually often happen, um, so it's good to to, to work uh, with those. Um, we we saw that skinny, the last sorry, two right.
1: we saw that the last two years of this team is, right. is they they've had a lot of injuries, so
0: Yeah. Um, all right, so another smaller guy, five foot eleven, hundred and sixty-five pounds, Jackson Decker, um, coming from the Chippewa Steel, mm-hmm. is a guy that he split his time last year between the Steel and the Omaha Lancers. 18 points in 26 games for the Steel and 10 points in 23 games for the. For lancers, uh, But and this is another guy that his frame is a little bit different. He's skinnier, um, but a 5'11 is not really short. So he's a defenseman uh, and it looks like he is uh, seems like he could be better in the D zone necessarily.
1: Yeah, he's, he's interesting because he is a smaller frame, so he's not a physical guy at all. Um, from what I've seen of him and you know the offensive numbers definitely don't uh, jump out on, on paper but he, he he is a pretty good puck moving defenseman and that is one of his, his strengths so I think this is a guy that uh, is very coachable and just based on his frame and his play style uh, you give him four years in this system to develop he, he definitely seems to me like a guy that could de- develop into a Matt Steve by his senior year
0: mm-hmm. yeah and and as we saw, Matt Steve just signed a pro contract, so, so, so yeah, that would be a good step. Good step, I should say.
1: Yeah, I'm sure Jackson Decker would be happy with that if that's absolutely his trajectory.
0: Yeah. All right, so that brings us down to the last prospect, the last but not least, one we have not mentioned yet. Uh, back towards the more point-producing side of things is the uh, is Connor Zilish. and he was also the he was an assistant captain on the Topeka Pilots. Where he played for two years, he had 41 points in 51 games last year, and uh, 26 of those were assists for 15 goals um, and a plus-minus of 11, uh, which is you know that's kind of a flawed stat. But I was noticing that with a couple of these guys, their last season was uh, a season where they were in the pluses. So yeah, got a absolutely. lot of
1: pluses on this team, and this is a guy six foot one, two oh five. Got a pretty good frame to him. Yeah. Uh, and he's coming in only twenty years old, uh, but he'll be he'll be twenty one by the time uh, the season begins.
0: i good. I'm older than him.
1: You'll be you won't be older than him.
0: Or I'm younger than him. That's
1: what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, I'm 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 older than him by a week. He's older than me. I am older than him by a week. So I guess that I guess that I don't know. Does that make me feel good?
0: Um, I think it still gives you hope, Jay.
1: All right, it's not, hope is the only thing I'm asking for so.
0: <laughs> yeah he's older than me by uh, about nine-ish months
1: yeah I'm older than him by literally uh, nine days <laughs> <laughs> We're basically best friends. So, what's up, Connor?
0: I'm do to listen to this and all the. This podcast was just about comparing our ages to the people that are better hockey players
1: than we are. It's significantly better hockey players than us. Guys that will snipe on me like nine out of every, every like every ten shots that they have, and the one time they don't, they like hit the crossbar. <laughs> yeah,
0: I just missed the net. Trying to pick a corner. And yeah. Just. Yeah. Um, all right. So, back to actual talking about real things. Connor Zillich, um, again another assistant captain. So that's something where he had a little bit of leadership experience. Something that's always valuable.
1: Can't he teach leadership. For... Sorry. Go ahead. Just you just can't teach leadership. So I mean that's important to have, right? Uh, on a t- yeah, especially on a team like this.
0: Um, he did play for Team Wisconsin in the 2016-17 season. Um, for the U M H S C H L,
1: it's a lot of letters. Kind of
0: neat. <laughs> that is a lot of letters. <laughs> uh, but he's played since 2017 in the North American Hockey League, so he has experience and um, a little bit of a height like a higher level than people who are kind of jumping up from from like Triple A travel to juniors back up to the to the, that league. So um, he has experience, and like we mentioned, experience as a leader.
1: Yeah. Overall, I'm pretty pretty happy with this recruiting class. I'm very excited to cover this recruiting class for next year. I think it becomes very interesting because, like you and I have discussed, I think that this this is a team that's kind of got their top two lines figured out. I mean, you got Austin Alger. You've got uh, Grant Meyer, um, Lee Lepide, uh Ryan Miato, Keaton Mastrodonato. There, there might be somebody that I'm missing in between there. But, I mean, those the, your, your top two lines, you've got some forwards, Uh, that you can rely on to get some scoring done. I think that that's kind of filled out. Your top three defensemen are figured out. This, This is where it becomes interesting because this is a team that I believe has three capable top pairing defensemen in Gesture, Wareham, and Hamlin. But the rest of the defensive staff is incredibly inexperienced and unproven. So you you just I think if I'm if I had to guess the person that's gonna the player that's gonna join uh, Hamlin on the second defensive pairing is probably gonna be Melaragney. He was the most impressive out of all the defensemen last year. Mm-hmm. He saw the most time and uh, was the best offensively speaking. Um, so if that's the case, you need two defensemen on a on a. Day to day basis to to step up for this team between uh, guys like Nick Parody, uh, Hudson Lambert, uh, you know Jack Lyons just coming in now, uh, Mm -hmm. Jackson Decker, and and there's there's some other guys that I'm probably forgetting in between there, but I can't. Well,
0: yeah, there's like you
1: have like Lincoln Earn. Yeah, Lincoln Earn is another guy. So. That's where this team becomes incredibly interesting. The, the best part about this team is that it seems like uh, the stability comes in net, which is always a good thing in this conference. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm just kind of interested to see. It's going to come the, the, the third defensive pairing and your bottom six are where some of these guys are going to have a real chance uh, to try and f- <laughs> fill themselves in there and make a difference on this team.
0: Yeah, and I imagine that as the season goes on, if things aren't working, you might even be in a situation where the lines are switched, and some guys might see themselves on the top two lines. So,
1: yeah, I, th- I think uh, Vertanen and Kuznetsov are, are are two guys that could, uh, barring injuries and and everything like that, could could see themselves in, in those kind of roles uh, very early in their careers because I think they have a lot of talent. And the other thing is important is uh, whenever. Uh, Simon Gravel returns to the lineup too I don't know if he's going to be back this year Just because of the timing of his ACL tear last year I don't know how long it's going to take for him to recover It might not be a terrible idea To have him sit out the entire year (laughs) Gain that extra year of eligibility back Uh, So I don't know what their plans are with him But if he does return That's another monkey wrench that's thrown into your lineup
0: Right Yeah, I, I I um, don't think we've either of us have seen a timeline for that yet.
1: No, it, it happened in November, and, and we saw it with uh, Jesse Pereira, who literally only played one game last year, uh, who, who's now no longer a part of the program because he, he tore it about right. two years ago, and it took him a lot longer than they expected to have him recover and he ended up gaining an extra year of eligibility and then the extra year of eligibility he still missed most of the year so uh i think they they like to to air it on the safe side they're probably going to do it the same way with gravel if i had to guess but you just never know
0: yeah that's uh yeah that's something where injuries are so tough and then you don't and this you're so young you're in college you still could have opportunities when you're earlier in your college career you, you know you don't want to sacrifice time later to have them have time now so that's just a, that's a tough situation to be in I'm assuming that Gravel probably wants to play as well right yeah um but yeah so those are our prospects incoming for Canisius College as I mentioned we do have 10 other teams that are all getting some prospects and hopefully we get a chance to talk about those a little bit later
1: yeah Um, we'll cover all other 10 teams in the conference and and the players they are bringing in uh so we'll get to that at some other point but for now we're gonna have to wrap this up uh
0: well we have uh we have just a, a a full slate of quarantine activities to work on so
1: um, hey i got survivor to watch in about uh, seven minutes so and my fam- my family's waiting to come downstairs to the basement so i figured i should probably uh let them down so i appreciate you uh facetiming in and and helping out on the pod again Vinny. yeah
0: well this was a, a great idea i'm glad we got the opportunity to do this uh you know i'll hopefully i can give it a good edit and uh, get it up there soon so we can give it a listen and, and talk about some more hockey
1: course thank you again Vinny. uh
0: yeah thank you jay
1: and thank you to the listeners sorry about this whole process for all seven of you uh the coronavirus it completely sucks i'm sad for us that we couldn't cover the amazing ncaa tournament or the atlantic hockey tournament but it is what it is and we'll still be providing you with the best uh hockey content possible
0: yeah, absolutely. Uh, make sure we... St- uh, Jay, you're still, talk- you're still uploading the Survivor podcast, right?
1: I am. The Fire in the Former Flint podcast releases on basically any day that I feel like recording it, so don't look for a specific day. Just look on my Twitter whenever I tweet it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, so make sure to
0: follow us on Twitter at Grif- RealGriffCast um, to kind of keep up for updates on those, and you can check us out on Spotify and Apple Play- Podcasts um, to uh, see which which ones are upladed- uploaded, I should say, next at the soonest date and this one will be out pretty soon I can imagine
1: yeah thank you guys very much again
0: yeah thank you very much thank you Jay it was good to talk to you and uh, hopefully the quality is not so bad so we can do this again and uh, kind of fine tune some of our our tweaks and we will uh, continue to make it happen as hopefully everybody stays healthy and stay safe through the end of what should have been a great well it was a good hockey season but could have been even better
1: of course stay safe uh, everybody
0: Yeah, stay safe, and we will see you next time.
1: Good night, Jim Kite.